everyone, it's your video and podcast director, Marina McTee, and today we have a podcast for you from staff reporter James Carson, who sits down with music professor Devin Maxwell to talk about the music tech programs here at Westminster. I hope you enjoy listening to this episode of Office Hours. Hello everyone, my name is James Carson, and I'm a reporter from the Forum. This is Office Hours, a chance to step inside the office of people around the Westminster community and hear about kind of what they specialize in. Today, I'm joined by Devin Maxwell to learn about the music technology programs that Westminster has to offer. So first off, uh, do you want to just give me your name, title, and kind of what you do at uh, Westminster? Uh, my name is Devin Maxwell, and I'm a core adjunct here at Westminster, and I teach uh, music composition, music theory, music technology, and orchestral percussion or classical percussion lessons. Cool. Um, so how long have you been at Westminster? That's a good question. Um, I think I've been teaching here for five years, four or five years, um, slowly um, working on, uh, you know, taking private students in composition and music technology and percussion, and then teaching some classes, um, some theory classes, and then sort of working on the music technology and composition classes for Westminster. So what's your background kind of in the music technology and uh, the production side? Yeah, so um, I have a degree in orchestral percussion and a MFA as a composer performer and a degree in composition. And so none of that is actually music technology, but in between my master's degree and my PhD, I ran a music technology company uh, and we did all of the ringtone production for Universal Music and uh, Warner Music Group um, for between 2003 and 2010. Uh, we also, at that time, were writing music for video games. We would do a lot of mobile phone games and ran a recording studio. I was also a record producer in New York, so I've got some production credits and I've written some music for independent film and for uh, TV, most notably The Whitest Kids You Know, which was a comedy troupe. Uh, I did music for them for one season. Oh, wow. Yeah, I actually, I actually do know that show. So it's really funny that you got to do the music on that. Yeah. So um, Hippo in the City, that, that's one that I did, if you want to check that out. Cool. Yeah, definitely will. And kind of with music technology, when you came to Westminster, how was the music technology program and like audio engineering then versus now with uh, your four or five years being here? Well, I, over time we've been able to add classes. Um, and so when I first got here, there weren't any actual classes being offered regularly. And so now we offer uh, a W core class called sound music and technology, where we look at um, different technological changes and how they uh, had an impact on music or sound. Uh, for instance, when uh, LPs were first made, uh, or re records were first made, uh, they had a fixed length. And so people started writing music for that length. Uh, we're sort of in the middle of one right now because Spotify only pays you if 30 seconds of your song is played. So people are starting to put the, the hook of their song first so that they can make sure they get that 30 seconds with every play. So just thinking about how technology changes um, culture and then back and forth too, that if you go back to the record player example, one of the first things people did once they had that record was started to use 
records to change music, to speed it up, to slow it down. Um, I mean, DJing became popular much later, but people were playing with the medium as a new instrument. So the door goes both ways. Um, the technology doesn't determine what's gonna happen. And so that's one class that we have. And then we were able to offer Music Tech One, which starts at Audio Engineering Fundamentals and gets all the way through to um, producing a record. How to, how to record, mix, edit, and master music. Um, and so we uh, gave a live stream last year of all the final projects there, which ranged from one person who was a classical pianist going through all the different ways to mic a piano and all the different sounds you got. Somebody else wrote a metal song. Somebody uh, wrote and produced their own hip hop song. Um, another student, uh, Tyler Baum, made his own uh, recorded his own song and also made a music video for the song. So uh, it's a it's a good class. It gives basic introduction to all the fundamental concepts of making a record. Um, music Tech 2, which we're hoping to offer in the future, will then take those concepts further, sort of advanced applications. So not just how to record the voice, but like in this way, how do you get this particular sound and, the, and advanced use of digital signal processing to get different results. Oh, that's really cool, actually. Um, so are these music tech classes offered for people who are not fully in the music major, but might still have a, a want or desire to kind of learn a production in a deeper way? Yeah, so the W Core class is open to everybody. Um, so is Music Tech 1. I prefer students to take the W Core class first because I feel like under within the, the context of a liberal arts college, we need to think about the why before we think about the how. And so the why that we cover in the critical studies class in the W core class about why things change and how these changes affect things. I think that those kind of things really give people an edge once they jump into making content. The more that you can critically sort of think about the situation before you enter it, uh, I think the bigger contribution you can have. But Music Tech One is open to any students and um, I have an extra textbook that I use if you have no musical background that you can sort of catch up just so that you have some frame of reference for some of the music stuff. Um, but anybody is welcome. And we've, we've had, I've had, uh, I think last semester when we ran Music Tech One, I had a, someone studying neuroscience who was in there. Uh, physics, I've had physicists and math, math folks. And so we take students of all types. But I remember seeing some of the stuff. And I actually, I've been producing music for about two and a half, three years now. And I, I definitely wanted to kind of get involved in the music on uh, Westminster's campus. So I'll have to look into that. Yeah, Music Tech One, really that's the, the class is for someone who's been sort of doing music on their own, maybe want to refine things. I find that a lot of students kind of get, uh, if they don't have any instruction in audio engineering, they get hung up on one thing and we'll do it over and over and over again to try and get it right. But oftentimes it's just a simple thing to, there's a fundamental concept that's missing or a fundamental gap. Um, and so we try and cover fundamentals first and then make things as simple as possible so that people can make good progress on their mixes or their projects or whatever they're working on. I think we're also gonna offer, um, which might be on the schedule next year, an electronic music class, which would be, making electronic music um, live or synthesized and in a concert setting or um, 
sort of a dance music setting. Uh, one of the projects we do there is we take a piece of classical music, a MIDI piece, and you have to make it all kind of sound like Walter or Wendy Carlos um, music. And then, uh, who, and Wendy Carlos did the soundtrack for A Clockwork Orange and did all these sort of switched on box records where it's all synthesized sounds. And, um, and you take that and you make your MIDI file all synthesized and then you somehow process it so it turns into noise. So that you sort of demonstrate how to use analog synthesis and then as well as how do you use digital signal processing to make something new. So what kind of, that kind of ties into the next question, like what kind of gear and studio spaces do you operate for these uh, students? Yeah, so students do have some access to um, the facilities here. It's an interesting space because the School of Music was actually built around a recording studio. And so there's opportunity for students to, if they, you know, can figure out how to work with everybody and share the space to use the space um, to record things. So we've recorded student bands here. We've recorded um, faculty groups. We've recorded students for auditions. Um, there's plenty of opportunity for the students to use the facilities. We have a music tech lab that has uh, 10 iMacs all running Logic Pro, uh, MIDI keyboards, and then uh, little mixers that you can actually get sort of dial your sounds in. So. Uh, in some ways they're limited, but in some ways they're actually pretty robust. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes limiting a, a, a creative person, especially like a musician, can get a lot of really interesting results kind of coming out of that. Yeah, art tends to thrive in limitations, actually. Yeah. You mentioned it about analog synthesis. Do you guys have any kind of synthesizers that students are uh, able to use? Uh, with Logic, there's uh, virtual the, instruments yeah. which emulate analog synthesis pretty well. Um, we have an old Steiner analog synthesizer here. Steiner uh, was a competitor of Moog and local Basalt Lake City. So you run across these old um, synthesizers every once in a while. And we have a Steiner here that people can use. I have my own theremin and a, a mini Moog that I can bring in. And so there is some access to equipment too. Oh, that's awesome. So you touched on it a little bit. So right now you guys are working out of the one tech lab and the one main studio that kind of the, that hall was built around. So I know that uh, Jewett's going to be expanding. Is there going to be any expansions that will benefit kind of the music tech program? Well, I, I think the expansion is only going to benefit everybody uh, in the fact that right now we, the recording studio is actually very much a multi-purpose room and there are other needs for that space. And so hopefully those those needs will be will be given their own space in the new building. Um, and the new recital hall is gonna be decked out with pretty good um, equipment for doing live streaming. So we've we've kind of we haven't retrofitted, but we've been using live stream equipment in Gore or in the the, the concert hall. Um, but this new space is gonna have hopefully um, five good loudspeakers and um, easy ways to do live streaming and easy ways to create compelling content uh, that can be broadcast. And we're hoping to broadcast all the student recitals too. That's really cool. That's one thing I'm kind of curious about, because like you said, it's slowly been expanding. Do you think, especially kind of with how at least I feel a lot of people are starting to make music on their laptop and just kind of by themselves, because now there's all the tools and resources out to do it on your own. Do you think that in the future, these 
these music tech classes are going to either grow in curriculum size or, or have more value in that school of music? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but um, I can say that we've been on the verge from consuming music to making our own music for a long time. And the low equipment costs that you're talking about, basically anybody with a device can make something. Um, and also another thing that's happening is that, uh, you know, in, in some ways, um, you know, the music industry itself is constricting. And when that happens, people tend to think, well, I can make this. And that's a great thing that we're sort of shifting. We're at, in some ways, an inflection point of moving from a consuming culture to an improvised culture. Um, where, I, where I worry about that is that music has always been a collaborative art. And so everybody making music at home is gonna be hard for those kind of things to cross pollinate um, and people to work together. Collaboration is, is harder in this setting. Um, but I do think more people will be doing it. And so I think the first wave will be a lot of people doing it and getting better at it and then figuring out how to work together to make, to make things, to make all of it better. Um, so with, with that view, I think there are going to be more classes here and more, more need for like a, a kind of, like I said, instruction that can fill in the gaps or um, help people really realize affect, right? Because it's all about making people feel something through music uh, and making sure that your skills in terms of music technology allow that to happen that there's nothing getting in the way of the affect that you want someone to feel when they listen to your music that um, is there because you know you don't know exactly how to use the equipment or you don't know what's possible um, and so these classes will help people make stronger more interesting music so what's your favorite part about kind of seeing or either just teaching these or seeing uh, students kind of grow and learn through like this this music technology courses you guys offer? Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. I think what I like most is students that take the classes that have a limited technical background, when they have the realization that this isn't that hard and that they have, that the technology is actually empowering them to make something that only they can make. That's the most exciting thing for me because everybody's got something to contribute creatively. And then to see people be like, oh, well, this is what I wanted to do and then be able to do it. That's really exciting for me um, to see students have that realization. Uh, then, of course, it's always never exactly that easy, right? Um, but the realization is a good thing to see. Yeah, I guess, at least for mine, it's like you, you realize you can do it. And then there's all the little nitty gritty kind of steps. It's like, oh, now I have to learn how to EQ. I have to learn how to compress. I have to learn kind of how to do all of these little tweaking and mixing things to go through. So it sounds kind of like you're offering people the realization of that they can do it with also the, that technical support to back up how. Yeah, and fundamentals. And primarily, this used to be an apprentice relationship, like a master-apprentice relationship. And because studios can't afford to even keep their own engineers anymore, that some something's got to pick up this slack. And the higher education is a good place for it because we can give people the tools to, to be creative, um, but they've also got to get the instruction and have the discipline to, to, to apply the things that are learned. So kind of in your classes, how, how often do you find or how popular is collaboration among students when they're either recording or making uh, music? Uh, I think that always depends on the student. I think um, 
I've found that people that are already participating in music classes are more apt to collaborate and people coming that have been doing things by themselves are more apt to hunker down. Um, I had a student that was singing in the choir and this was before COVID hit and she really wanted to have her piece be her singing and playing guitar and then get the choir in there and record. And she had this big collaborative plan and it got changed because of COVID. But I think people that are already participating in the music program are the ones more apt to collaborate. Um, and I'd like to foster some collaboration. Um, and I think that that's gonna happen through public presentation of the work. So if we had a kind of open mic night where everybody presented their music tech projects or something like that, um, then people will say, hey, I saw what you did. Can you, those drums that you did on your track sounded really cool. Uh, you wanna do drums for my track? Like it's, the collaboration is gonna come from experiencing the strengths of other people's work. Yeah, totally. I think that's a really interesting idea of how uh, that kind of that open mic setting for people to go and showcase their work. But is there anything kind of set up now that, uh, kind of like an end of a year project or or sharing of projects for the school of music that that people should know about well we all we always have the winter music and the spring music festival and those are the public presentation of the ensembles and uh we live streamed our music tech one projects um last last spring so i'm hoping to do that again if if there's enough people to enroll in that class um so those are always things to look out for uh campus events usually has all the music events um, that, that students can find. Cool. Um, I, guess, I guess one final question I have is, what information or what would you like to say to, to students who may not know that the School of Music offers these kind of things that, that would wanna know? Um, I think the big thing to know is that these are not exclusively music classes. Um, you can enroll in them being a student at Westminster and the W core one will fulfill your W core requirement and the other one might fill an elective or something. And so I'm, I'm very welcoming to, um, students from all over. And I think it's a great place for, uh, music students to actually interact with people outside of the music school and also for other students to interact with music students. So I'm hoping that the music tech classes can actually be a bridge um, to bringing students together and fostering this collaboration. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you'd like to check out more content from the forum, make sure to give us a follow online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WC Forum Media, and check out our website, wcforummedia.com.